0: Hallelujah, everybody. Before I forget, I think you're going to hear this the Sunday before the Friday, which is Christmas. God bless you. Merry Christmas to all of you. Hallelujah. Technically, Jesus was born in the fall, but that's neither here nor there. We celebrate. Anytime you can get the entire world celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, we're going to take it as an opportunity. Hallelujah. So, Merry Christmas. We've been talking about about spiritual warfare. Uh, We entitled last week's lesson, let's see, uh, Wickedness. Warfare and Warriors, and I think we'll continue along that theme. We're eventually going to head out and really go in depth about the name of Jesus, about the Word of God, the blood of Jesus, all these warfare weaponry that you've been given. Last week, we focused a lot on the mind of Christ. I hope you enjoyed that very important stuff. You know, if the devil can get the church believing that their mind is the battlefield rather than a weapon, he's got us halfway lost, and so we need to be so careful about that. Today I want to pick up I'm talking about I'm gonna start off with Romans twelve two. It's a scripture that gives us a warning and tells us the importance of being transformed and tells us how we're to be transformed. Romans twelve two and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul tells us that we cannot be conned into being formed by this world. I'm sure you've heard that. Don't be conned into being formed by the things of the world, but be transformed out of this world by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are to be translated out of this world and formed so that we can prove the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. And we do that by making our minds new, and we make them new on and in and from the Word of God. We need to look no further than the spiritual warfare that's being waged by Satan and his demons against America than to see the effort to control our minds. I mean, it's everywhere. I dare say he currently controls the mind of corporate America. And I don't mean business America when I say that. I just mean total America. Uh, you know, Thursday, I was in Honeyham buying a ham and some lady goes to me, put your mask on. <laughs> You think you're better than we are. (laughs) Hallelujah. Merry Christmas. Bah, humbug. Anyway, my brother calls me the same day, and he says, hey, man, the lady in Home Depot says, put your mask on. I says, no. They get three or four people, put your mask on, put your mask on. No, finally, they wouldn't serve him. He just had to leave his stuff there and go, because he was not going to conform to the image of this world. Hallelujah. I mean that in a sense also that uh, Satan has total control and he has blinded the minds of those who, to the gospel, who are um, lost out there. And he's done such a good job of it. We really need to change our approach. We need to get back to boldness. We need to get back to fearlessness, to courage. And that's one of the reasons President Trump is in there. He's teaching us how to fight. I mean, in a sense that regarding the corporate America, that is total control of the minds of the people that don't know God. The decisions we make, the, the way that we allow fear to just have free reign in our lives, we really need the church to step up and help us through this malaise that we're in concerning our thinking. You know, no matter what you put on, no matter what form of media put on, you are going to get bombarded as a Christian. You are going to hear the Antichrist gospel promoted as if it's normal. We need to be defending of that. We need to be guarding ourselves against that. The church whom Satan cannot blind to the gospel is the only defense to this mind control that Satan has put out there in America and in the world. Even some of us in the church we are wavering, we have swallowed his lies, lies which are meant to destroy us. Proverbs 26:28. Every time I teach, I think I use the scripture no matter whether it's on the radio or in a Bible study. A lying tongue hates those that are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. A lying tongue hates those that are bruised by it, that are wounded by it, that are destroyed by it, that are afflicted by it. All those different words give you meaning. How how deadly it is to sit under a lying ministry. You know the Bible talks about the death and life in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life in the power of the tongue. We know that, and we use that as a way to guard our lips from speaking. Death. What we say, we have to be careful that we're speaking the truth. The truth is life. The lies are death. And yet God gave me a revelation about this just a couple of days ago, that not only are death and life in the power of the tongue by the speaker, but death and life are in the power of the tongue to the words that we're listening to. I not only have the ability to destroy myself by what I say, but others have the ability to destroy me by what they're saying and what I'm listening to. So important. So important. False teachings like the battlefield of the mind, which we spoke about last week, they're doing irreparable harm to the body. Our minds are not the battlefield. Our minds are a weapon in our fight against the enemy. The battle isn't in your mind, it's for your mind. I'm going to say that every day. That's a world of difference from what we're being taught in our churches. It's your mind. Satan doesn't have a right to it. He can't control it. God won't control it, and he leaves it up to us to decide what are we going to put into our minds. The TV and the radio and social media, basically all forms of media in the earth today, are ministering to you death death and life are in the power of their tongue. You cannot listen to that and think you're going to walk in victory. That's why Christians can vote Democrat. That's why Christians can abort babies. That's why Christians can watch and listen to things that they think are harmless to them when in essence, they're being destroyed. Know this. Your life is at risk, not only by the words you speak, but also by the words you listen to. That's why it's so important to censor what you hear. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Talks about how you get free from uh, pornography. Well, you need to have that same standard. I will set no wicked thing in my earshot and within ear. And it's important that you take thoughts captive when you mess up. I'm telling you again, the lies you are listening to on TV and the news and social media, they are literally killing you. Everything, and I mean everything you do in this world, is engaged in spiritual warfare. You walk out the door in the morning to go to work. You turn on the radio, you are being assaulted. You go to work, you are being assaulted. You go to school, you are being assaulted. You go to the grocery store, you're being assaulted. Everything, you're being attacked. The TV, you turn it on, you're being attacked. Radio, you turn it on, you're being attacked. Grocery store, you're being attacked. Business, you're being attacked. School, you're being attacked. Work, you're being attacked. Unfortunately, lots of churches you go to, you're being attacked as well because they are not preaching the truth. And what do we do about it? We do nothing. What? No power? No surprise we have no power. No holiness? No miracles? No peace? Of course not. We must resist the attacks from the God of this world. As often as they come, we must defend because they come all the time. We must restrain. We must rebuke. Better yet, how about we don't put ourselves in, in harm's way? How about we don't put ourselves in the enemy's camp? Proverbs 16.6. I love this. This is one of the scriptures I use that God was able to deliver me from uh, sexual impurity. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Awesome. I got to do a teaching on the fear of the Lord, an updated teaching on the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 16.6. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. How do you get mercy? Anybody know? How do you get mercy? Well, mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and I better get some mercy. Amen? Well... All you have to do to get mercy is to get out of bed in the morning because there's new mercy for you every morning. Hallelujah. What does the writer mean when he says that the combination of mercy and truth purges sin from your life? This is a form of spiritual warfare also. Mercy, you get up in the morning. Thank you, Jesus. Truth awaits you as you open your Bible. Basically, to me, in English, God is saying, Ron, get out of bed and read your Bible. Before you do anything, there was a saying in the Baptist community growing up that no Bible, no breakfast, meaning you don't have breakfast until you read your Bible. So you get up in the morning and you receive the mercy that God has. You open up your Bible. You receive the truth that he has. And the Bible says the fruit of that combination, sin, is going to be purged out of your life. Isn't that awesome? What do you have to do? You just have to do what he said. You obtain mercy getting out of bed and you obtain truth when you read the Bible. Those two things done over a constant period of time. I don't know how long, 10 days, 20 days, a month, two months, 10 years, whatever. Those two things will get iniquity out of your life. Thank you, Jesus. And there's a bonus, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. That combination flushes sin from the system. That combination should also cause you to walk in the fear of the Lord. It's so important that you do that. And look, it's just so simple. Proverbs, the book of wisdom. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. I know people call Proverbs the book of wisdom. I call the book all about relationships. It's a great book. It tells you about your relationship with your wife, with your friend. Talks about the relationship with the um, adulteress. Talks about your relationship with your money. Talks about your relationship with fear. Talks about your relationship with everything you're going to encounter in life. That's why I say Proverbs is not only a book about wisdom. It's a book about your relationships. Romans thirteen fourteen. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Provision, that's just a phrase. Provision, what is your vision for? Pro means for. I am pro-life, I am for life. Vision, provision, what is your vision? What is your vision for? Where is your vision aimed at? What are you affirming when you look at it? Provision, what vision option are you taking? There's so many that you can opt, for uh, violence on TV, you can opt for pornography, Uh, you can opt for the Bible, you can opt for the Word of God. I mean, what is your vision for? Well, the Bible says, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. When you do that, you are not making a provision to fulfill your flesh. My flesh has desires. Most of them are evil. Eat too much, drink too much, sleep too much, uh, watch things I shouldn't be watching, fantasize. All that stuff gets you in trouble. Do not have a provision for the flesh. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace in the Holy Spirit. Sin forever. The great enemy of mankind is waiting at your door, by the way, eager to take your life. Sin is a huntress ready to slay you each and every day. It's a remote control away, a radio dial away a conversation away. Sin is out to find you. Hallelujah. You got to be so careful. You got to be aware of this stuff, man. That's why it says, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, get out of bed, read your Bible. I mean, these are all Christian lifestyle points that you need to incorporate into your life. One of them, it gets you free from sin. Another one of you keeps you away from serving the lust of your flesh. Genesis 4, 6, and 7. This is God dealing with Cain and Abel. If you do well, Cain, thou shalt not be accepted, and if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and unto thee shall be the desire of sin, and that desire shall be to rule over you. So important. It's desire for you, but you got to rule over sin because if you don't rule over sin, guess what? Sin's going to rule over you and your your weaponry in your defense against the assaults, your weaponry in the uh, protection of the rest of the body of your nation, of your family, it's going to be lying out of your hands. You're going to be dropping your sword. Your helmet's going to be uncrooked, like Jerry Savelle says. You're going to be unarmed. You're going to be unable to defend against the assaults. That surely come. And they just don't come maybe once or twice a week. They come multitudes, 10, 20, 30 times a day. From someone that's been delivered from pornography, whether it's a TV commercial at a basketball game, whether it's a cheerleader at a football game, whether it's just a regular that you would think clean show, even Hallmark now, they're having to censor uh, hallmark home, in my home because they're promoting a homosexual lifestyle in their movies. I mean, you know, the things that used to be clean and pure are no longer clean and pure. The things that you could trust, Disneyland, Disney World, Walt Disney's got to be rolling over in his grave about what these guys have done to his Christian company. Mm. So since Desire... Is to rule over you, but God's command is that you rule over sin. One of the scriptures, actually I combine two scriptures. I've been made from sin, sin shall not have dominion over me. That's a mantra of mine. I have been made from sin, sin, therefore sin shall not rule over me. The world, the flesh, and the devil, and his cohorts, they're all out to get you. Proverbs 4.16, this is interesting. For they sleep not, who sleeps not? The wicked. They sleep not, except they have done mischief. And their sleep is taken away unless they have cause some to fall they're out to make you fall you know especially in this apostate Age in which we live, in where we're losing saints by the hundreds every day back to Satan's kingdom. Don't forget, every saint has been born out of Satan's kingdom. Well, when somebody falls, he goes back and he's removed from the kingdom of God into the kingdom of Satan. And he does this deceitfully. He's a master at it. You need to be on guard. Remember, your weaponry the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the shield of faith, the word of God, hallelujah, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, all this stuff is to protect you so that you do not fall. When you become really adept at using it, you're using it to protect others. You know, the Bible is all about helping out others. And if you have not got to the place of freedom by yourself, you're not going to be of any use to help anybody else. The world, the flesh, and the devil, they're out to get you. This is the mindset of your enemy. They are relentless in their pursuit of your soul. Did you hear that? The enemy, he doesn't stop. He doesn't take off for the holidays, hey, he doesn't even hide from your church. He's there. Just look at the level of apostasy. Look at who is it that fell this way? It was Beth Moore. She was revealed as someone that was pro-choice, anti-Trump, anti-life. I mean, and she has probably hundreds of thousands of followers. And you've got to be so careful. If you're one of those that you like her, well, guess what? You need to remove her off your Christmas list and she goes on the naughty list because she is preaching something and she's leading people astray. And I remember when I'm reading about Jesus in Matthew 24, he talks about many are going to be led astray. Many are going to be destroyed by their destructive heresies. It's a constant battle. Everything you do from the minute you get out of bed to the minute you go to sleep at night is spiritual warfare. There is nothing that is not included in that. There's no place where you are safe from Satan's attack. Even in Christ, we are going to receive the attacks. You have to be able to defend them. This is the mindset of your enemy. He's relentless in his pursuit of your soul. He has no boundaries. He has no restrictions, but those the Lord has placed on him. You got to understand There, he is out there. He's the God of this world, man. And you've got to know who your God is. Greater is the Lord Jesus Christ who lives in you than he that is in the world. God didn't strip Jesus. He never stripped Jesus of all his power. He still has some. And the power that he has over the church is the power to deceive. Anytime, anyone, anywhere, any place. You know, in my soul, I feel desperately urgently i almost feel hopeless for the america that doesn't know god i mean these people they're in for a living hell you know in the book of revelation that's what happens hell comes out and it actually runs rampant on the earth destroying mankind i feel ashamed for us the church satan has put them the people that don't know god in that position but i feel ashamed for the church because we've left them there you know, despite Jesus's command to rescue them, despite Jesus's promise that no weapon that was formed against us would prosper, despite the giftings he's given us of power and authority, all with the truth that none of these enemies we fight could ever harm us, we have refused to use the pulpit to tell them the truth. I, I don't get it. Luke ten nineteen. behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy. What a wonderful verse that is. That's God talking to us about these demon forces, these principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness in the realm of the spirit. That's where our power is. And he's not only given us the power to tread on them, but he's also said at the end of that, that nothing shall by any means harm you when you're doing this. And we've got to understand as the church that the greatest place of our power is where the enemy is, because what did it say here? Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That's where the miracle should be taking place when we are confronting the enemy, not when we're in our church service with holy hands, supposedly lifted to God in praise and worship. When we are out there in the battle, when we are out there where the devil is, we're, we are out there rescuing souls on the front lines, taking hits, suffering persecution, being tribulated by all that's on holy. That's where the power of God's going to happen. That's where the miracles are going to show up. None of this building in a nice atmosphere in our church waiting God to do something. You know, it's, it, gee, I mean, you know, it's like God's, I'm waiting on you guys. Don't be waiting on me. I've given the word, I've given you your weaponry, your armor, I've commissioned you, I've sent you. Get out there and do it. But we're so scared. We, we, Don't even preach the truth from our pulpits, a safe place where we are protected supposedly from the tribulation. If we won't teach it there, what makes us think we're going to teach it out there in the nasty now and now? We have got to change our mindset. Father, Jesus, and the spirit of truth, they have already set us free. They have given us freedom from sin. They have set things up where the enemy's only strategy against us is lies and deception, sorcery and trickery. Well, we should know better. If we read the Word of God, the Bible says if you use the Word of God that you're reading, your minds will be sharpened. Your senses will be sharpened. You'll be able to tell the difference. This is good. This is bad. This is God. This is the devil. This is evil. You've got to know their stuff every time you walk out of the door. You've got to be aware. You've got to be able to fight back. They've given us the truth for the purpose of combating every lie. So all the lies that we're receiving on our news shows, even in our churches where people are telling us things that aren't true, false doctrines, as we are dealing with those, we must know the truth. And... We've got to speak. You're dealing with a homosexual. You're ministering to them. Hallelujah. You're not scared. Thank you, Jesus. And they're giving you all this stuff. Well, God's the God of love. He would never condemn any relationship built on love. You've got to know how to answer that. When they talk about murdering our children in the womb, you know, it's a woman's choice. God's not into bondage. He's given us our minds so that we can make godly decisions. And, you know, I am going to love enough where I am not going to bring a child into this world like this. And we've got to be able to supply them with biblical answers so that the Holy Spirit can convict them. I don't convict them. The truth convicts them. But if I never give them the truth, they're walking around there thinking everything that they're doing is okay. We've got to do a better job. We've got to become bolder in our pulpits. We have got to be able to take on the devil when he shows up. We dare not let him into our churches. It's just such a difficult situation right now, not because the church has no power to combat this we do have the power to combat this yes it's going to wound us yes we're going to get harmed i understand that there's a wicked world out there they hate jesus they're not persecuting you they're persecuting the god that you serve We would do better if we would engage the enemy when he shows up rather than waiting for him to build forces and get up victory after victory after victory after victory where we not only have to fight one battle, but we've got to go ahead and get all the extra forces he's brought in on the assault. Whether it's a frontal assault from Satan, a demonic presence sent to the waters through trickery or deceit, whether it's an addiction of some sort, a lusting spirit or a carnal habit. We have weaponry to defeat any and all of the enemy's attacks. We ought to be impervious to his life. We've given ground on that. And that's a shame because that is really caused us to be unavailable Un What's the word unavailable? We lack like the initiative to go out there and face him. And sin does that to you. You know, you can't be worshiping God with your left hand and living for Satan with your right hand. We lack the consistency in our defense. We can't have good days and bad days. We must endure. We must overcome. And we must live life in the Spirit by faith and through love and truth. I love this scripture. It's a great scripture. It, we closed our Bible study with it the other day, and I left a question out there. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain, in the lord that scripture is so fabulous number one it speaks to us of consistency steadfast it talks to us about the attitude that we have unmovable you can't knock me off my stance i'm standing on the word of god i am unmovable no matter what you do no matter what circumstances you bring you cannot knock me down we must be always abounding in the work of the lord you know the bible talks about the fact that we were created unto good works That's why we're here. We were created to do good works, and these good works, yes, they're being hospitable, but they're also doing the Isaiah 58 fast. This is the fast I've chosen, saith the Lord. I don't need your money. I don't want your time. I don't want this. I want you to go ahead and set the captive free. This is the fast I've chosen, saith the Lord, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the captive go free, that you break every yoke of bondage. These are spiritual works that the Lord is talking about. These are spiritual works that we have been anointed for. We have a purpose to serve God, we have a a mandate to preach him, we have a opportunity to know him, and all of these go together as part of our spiritual battle. We must be committed to this. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, be unmovable. Always, always, always abounding. I love that word. That doesn't mean you're going around on tiptoes. You're jumping up and down like a bunny rabbit. You're going out there and you are moving for God. Your presence is dominating every encounter that you're having. The Holy Spirit of God is chasing devils off every time you open up your mouth. It is so important. But there's one key word there that we don't focus on too much. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. We need to adopt the mindset that we're not here to play. We're not here to party. We're here to labor. Ladies, you know that word better than us men. Labor, labor's hard. Labor's excruciating. Labor demands a price. There's a cost with it. We have got to adapt the mindset that we're just not going to be hiding from our assignments. When I come back next week, I'm going to talk to you about our Christian duty, which is so important. In the meantime, study this stuff, get these scriptures in your spirit, and have a great Christmas day. I know you're going to do it. Spend time with your family. Start your day with the Word of God. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen.